What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here in the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that I don't really see oftentimes discussed on podcasts or on social media as it relates to folks that are trying to grow a real estate business and grow a real estate portfolio. And this is something that I speak with various friends of mine in the business about who uh, you know are trying to grow a similar business as to what I am doing and um, who are kind of in the same game that I'm in. And that I would assume most of the listeners of this podcast are in, which is trying to raise money, trying to buy multifamily real estate. And even if you're not trying to raise money, you're just trying to, you know, you're using your own capital and you're trying to build a portfolio on your own. You might, you're likely still dealing with this issue. And it's really one of the hardest parts about growing a private equity real estate company. uh, That's assuming you're raising money or just a real estate portfolio, assuming that you're using your own money which is that you endure, you, you have to endure long periods of time with no income and often just long periods of time where you don't even know when the next dollar is coming into the business. And uh, this is especially true if you're raising money to buy deals, you know, trying to buy larger deals, call it 40, 50, 100, 150 plus units, and you're raising investor capital to buy those deals. Um. You don't really make money until you're into your promote, as that's what we call it in the business. Until you, um, you know, until you're 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 distributing uh, capital that exceeds the preferred return from a distribution standpoint, or you know, if you sell and you return your investor capital, and then you're in the promote and you're you're earning a percentage of the profit of the deal, but that takes years to get to, typically, right? Um, you know, if you buy a ten million dollar apartment complex and you raise three million dollars to buy it. Um, and you, you know, you're promising a seven, eight percent preferred return to investors. It's extraordinarily unlikely that you're going to be distributing more than seven, eight percent, you know, and that there that the deal has a higher cash on cash return at closing than that, right? So you're not going to be seeing any return as an investor, as a general partner in that deal from a cash flow standpoint. Now, let's say you refinance, you know, a year in, you deliver 1.5 million back to your investors, you know, 50 percent of their capital, which would be a huge win. Um, you know, that's, that's a great outcome if you can give investors half their money back in a year and, uh, you know, put good debt on it and, and continue operating the deal. Now your, your, your preferred return is only on a million and a half and you might be able to exceed that in your routine distributions. And now you're, you're receiving some distributions, but it's not necessarily going to be game changing in, in a, in a likely scenario here. And I'm just speaking very generalistically, um, so as a real estate GP, you don't really make money for a long period of time, really until, you know, 18, 24 months after you close a deal uh, or, you know, when you sell it and you realize your promote or your upside. And if you're doing deals yourself in terms of you're buying, uh, you know, smaller properties with your own capital, maybe you're buying five unit deals, 10 unit deals, whatever, you know, outside of the special home run deal situation where you buy it with like all kinds of creative financing and you have no dollars in it and it's stabilized and it's cash flowing from day one, you know, or maybe it's like a light value add. Again, you're still not really, you know, you're making money from a cash flow standpoint, but you're not making big chunks of, of cash, right? You're, you're starting to grow your passive income, but it's, but it is smaller in its nature, although it is recurring. Um, and you know, let's say that you're just doing more standard deals, you know, maybe you're buying deals at 90%, you know, value, you know, 10% off, 15% off. That's great. Those deals probably have some kind of a value add component. You're probably putting money down to get into the deal in some capacity, probably investing in construction. You probably have uh, more vacancy for the first six to 12 months because you're turning the units and turning the property around. And you're probably not seeing any passive income or any real income for that period of time, right? 
until you get to the 12-month mark of ownership or beyond. And again, speaking generally here. So there's long periods of time in this business where you just don't make money. <laughs> like, And that is a huge uh, thing that you need to be mindful of. That's a huge aspect of this business that you have to be mindful of as you're getting into it. And there are some exceptions here, right? You do a big deal, you maybe get an acquisition fee at closing. Um, you know, you do a $5 million deal, maybe you charge a 2% acquisition fee on the purchase price. It's 100 grand at closing. You know, that's really nice. That, that certainly moves the needle. But you're probably co-investing in that deal as well, right? So a huge portion of that is probably going back in as a co-invest. Um, you know, so, the, so that's not the game-changing amount of money that oftentimes people think it could be. Um, you know, and if you're doing deals on your own, Maybe you, maybe, you know, you, you, you just buy something that's a, one of those home run deals, like I mentioned, right? That's great. But again, they're really hard to find and it's not dependable to, you can't depend on building a business by doing only home run deals in a very short amount of time. Uh, most of the deals that we've done on the personal side or that I've done with my own capital have been home run deals, but like, you know, but we do a lot of, we hit a lot of singles and doubles while we're looking for those home runs as well. So we, we understand that that it's not going to be a predictable way to grow a business uh, and that we are going to get into deals where we do have to just unfortunately tie up a lot of money in them for a longer period of time. So how do we navigate this problem, right? Now that we're, now that we've defined it and we're mindful of it, how do we navigate it? We have to find other ways to generate revenue in a more consistent fashion. And the very, very simplified version of this is keep your W2 job. If you're employed, <laughs> like, don't just go full time because you think you can buy a few more deals. Like your passive income should really be covering a large percentage of your day job's income before you make a leap like that. Um, because again, unless you have a really, really significant amount of money in the bank to live off of and to pull from, uh, like you're, you're, the money's not going to be coming in in a way that you might think it will be, right? Um, because you don't make a lot of money in this business the first 12, 24 months of owning a piece of real estate. So you have to put yourself in a position to where you already have a portfolio of real estate to depend on that you can rely on before you actually make a decision like that. Now, if you have already quit your job and you're realizing this, you know, this was me four or five years ago, just like, you know, geez, I got to find ways to make money because money is not coming back into my world. <laughs> it's really only going out. You might need to flip some deals. You might need to wholesale some deals. You might have to be a little bit more transactional with some of the properties that you buy, right? Obviously, we want to buy and hold. That's our goal here as investors. But you might need to, to take a different approach um, and, and actually do some things that that don't align with that strategy to keep money coming back into your business. You know, outside of on the investing side, maybe you get your license and you broker deals. Maybe you maybe you consult on some deals, right? You you sell your time to other investors if you can provide some expertise, and you try and get paid, at, you know, as a consultant or as or, or in some capacity in that respect. Um, maybe you have another business that aligns with what you're doing on the real estate side. And this is something that so many GPs do out there. They start their real estate brokerage or you know, they start a management company to manage their own stuff. And they do some third party and they try and generate some revenue over there. Or you know, they have a construction company and they, they, they do their own work at a discounted rate. But they also provide those services to other investors. And they try and create some recurring revenue stream in other areas. Um, which can be tricky because again, that diverts your focus, but sometimes you have to do that in order to, to, to just have money coming in the door. Um, and the larger the deals that you want to buy, the more critical this is to do because the cost to pursue those deals increase, you know, the cost to pursue a five unit deal is pretty marginal. You know, if you're going after a $500,000 five unit deal, you probably get a $5,000 deposit. 
you know, you probably got $1,500 for an appraisal, a couple grand in lending deposits. You know, maybe you're out of pocket 10 grand before you close, right? In out of pocket costs. Now, let's say you're pursuing a, you know, again, a hundred unit deal, $10 million, right? Your deposit's probably a hundred grand. You probably are spending 20 grand on physical inspections, on surveys, on environmental reports. That's money that you don't get back if the deal doesn't close. That's money that just burns, that's burned in the pursuit of that deal. Um, you know, that's not deposit money. That's literally pursuit dollars that you don't get back if it doesn't close. You're probably spending money on appraisals. You're probably putting down 25K plus, 30K plus in lending deposits, you know, depending on the lender. You're probably spending a bunch of money on entity creation. Again, that's money you don't get back if the deal falls apart. Um, so there's just, you know, you could be out of pocket 100 grand pursuing that deal if it doesn't work out. Um, you know, that's just a hypothetical. But again, the, this whole conversation changes when you start getting to that level of the game, right? And you need money coming in in a more predictable fashion to, to, to fill the coffers up so that you can even do that. So again, I think, um, it's important to be mindful of that dynamic. And it's something that I never see discussed on podcasts, honestly, like this is one of the, in the weeds, like, you know, in the trenches, uh, issues that folks that are in this game deal with, right. Is, you just might not make a single dollar for six months in this business because you have a few projects where money's going out the door. You got a few that you're stabilizing. You know, you have one that maybe isn't going as well. And then maybe you have a good one that is producing some passive income that you have refinanced all your investor capital out and you're starting to see some passive income. But it's not changing the game for you because you're continually putting money out into deals, into deposits, into due diligence costs, you know, into your co-invests um, to keep growing the business. So before you get into this game, understand that this is a dynamic and make sure you're financially well-equipped to actually do everything that we're talking about. Um, but again, I'll, uh, I'll stop this episode here because I've kind of made my point and I think uh, the goal here is to just enlighten some folks that aren't dealing with this and to share some tips for folks that are dealing with this. But um, you know, if you have a, uh, a colleague, a friend, someone in your network who is a real estate GP or somebody who's trying to grow a real estate platform, real estate private equity business, real estate portfolio... Share this episode with them because I think this is going to hit the folks that are in the game the hardest. Um, and I think folks are going to find value in it that are that are currently in the trenches trying to trying to do this type of work, trying to grow this type of business. So um, please share it with those folks if you have somebody in mind. And uh, if you haven't already, please leave the show a uh, rating and review if you've ever found some value in these episodes. Helps us get in front of more folks, which is uh, our goal. We want to help more multifamily investors uh, get into the game and grow better businesses. So uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.